And we're live. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 59 of Fans of Power. I am Joe Amato, and I'm here with Tyler T-Rex Baker. And T-Rex, uh, we're still recovering from last week's episode with William Stout. That was, uh, that was a doozy, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, I needed to kind of lie down for a while, you know, and just let my, my brain recover, let alone the physical shock of, like, sat down with almost an hour with this with this gentleman and, Here's hoping we can get him back for that that, that incredible sequel, you know? Yeah, we need him back. We need him back for that sequel. We, I mean, we just, need him back, so... Yeah, because, I mean, he was excited about wanting to come back, but just all the information we found out, stuff that he said that we never heard before, things that we wondered when we were kids, what it was like, and then he confirms himself, and I, I know at least you were super excited to find out one thing that you've always been wondering since you were a kid, and he, you know, confirmed that, you know, you were correct, and I know that was a moment for you. Let me just tell everybody listening here, this is such a triumphant moment for me in my uh, uh, enthusiasm for Master of the Universe to if, if just believe in. And, and as it turns out, there were, I wasn't the only one. Um, so I want to thank everybody that, you know, even if I didn't hear that you agreed with this, maybe you stayed silent and just thought it and never really felt comfortable bringing it up or for whatever the reason might be. But to have officially confirmed that Snake Mount is featured in the live action movie um, was just like, you know, you know, I, I, I really didn't think I'd get something like that ever confirmed. And um, I, I can't thank William Stout enough for confirming something that I have seen on various forums and and uh, heard the, the topic discussed on a few podcasts and one in particular. I guess we're looking about six years ago. I wrote this particular podcast and email because I was desperate to test this theory that, you know, just looking at this scene, this cannot be Castle Grayskull. Mm -hmm. And so this particular podcast decided to pass the buck, this question, to this particular gentleman on this podcast who was very quick to dismiss what I was talking about. And I'll ne- I'll never forget with this with this guy, you know, in a roundabout way. And hey, if people want to dig and try and figure out what episode this was on, do a little uh, back catalog search. Maybe you'll come along. This very conversation that came up, or an email I wrote was addressed, and this uh, this guy who clearly had it all, knew all the answers, and didn't even do me the service of saying that's an interesting theory. You know, I could kind of see where this guy might think this is Snake Mountain. But according to the script, and according to this, you know, miracle of modern science that resides inside my skull here, I'm sorry, kid, there is no Snake Mountain in this movie here. I never so forgot you're... that. I never, ever forgot what this guy said to me. And I know who he is, and I hope he's listening. Probably not, but I hope hope word gets back to him, you know, so you were wrong. You, and I, you... I, I relish the idea that I'm like, you know, I wish I could say, you know, it's like, you know what, you know, I proved you wrong. You know, it may not be a big deal to you, but it is to me and anyone else who believed that Snake Mountain was in the movie. And everyone's like, no, 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 according to the script, it's according to the, the gurus who were, you know, they knew everything. They said it was no Snake Mountain. I was like, I'm sorry, people. I'm not claiming to know everything, but that was one thing I refused to give up on. And, you know, again, we got our answers and I won. And everyone else who believed in it all won. You were right. There you go. No, I mean, you're right. I mean, especially when you're passionate, sometimes you just, you, you know something. I mean, especially the fan you are of that movie, and as many times as you watched it, I'm sure when you're saying something like that, you know, you'd hope to get some kind of answer. So Just, when just dis- something to say, you know, don't don't be so quick to dismiss me as if, like, I'm out of my mind That's or something's I mean. a little pissant, you know. Oh, gee, guys, you know, like, you know, like, like, I'm like how Ace Ventura is when he's getting autographs. He's got like, you know, this goofy look on his face. And like, I think he has like a couple on his face or something like that. Or I'm just some dismissive fan, like, gee, guys, thanks for answering my email. Do me the service of saying, do you understand where I'm coming from here? You know, I just, I can't stand that mentality of certain people who, you know, are just very quick to dismiss it because, well, come find out they don't know as much as they think no and see that's the thing i mean that is kind of cold i mean just really to be dismissed like that like you didn't have any common sense i mean i know that can be a little irritating because i mean that's something that i know we definitely i never try to do i know you don't do it's you know we try to respect each other because we're all fans within doing this and you know what to hear an idea of something like what you'd say 
even if we didn't know, it's like, you know, hey, that sounds interesting. I wonder if that could be correct. Or, you know, I'm not quite sure, but thanks for saying that. So you're right to be dismissed. I mean, that is kind of annoying because just like you said, I don't know everything. You don't know everything. And nobody knows everything when it comes to masters. There's too much stuff out there. And, you know, we all have to but do our Apparently this, this guy, they turned this email question over to that was considered, well, at that time, the, 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 the know-it-all, the brainiac, you know, the, the Reed Richards, the uh, whatever, whatever you want to, uh, to call him of, of knowledge, you know. I, uh... Well, you have some vindication, so that's cool. So, but like I said, it's it's good, you know, being passionate, like how we do and what we're saying, because you know that's going to come to something else. That's going to come to, okay, you know, we talk about the He-Man Thundercats comic or comic a lot, and we're going to be doing that in our next episode. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, no, calm down. Well, well, like I said. We brought up some points about that to where, again, people were dismissing us like, you know, oh, hey, no, that actually should have happened. Or, no, you're wrong about that, Joe. You're wrong about that, Tyler. And we brought up some points. And one of the points was uh, in issue one was talking about the two sets of the ancient spirits of evil, that they were shown as the 80s versions at the beginning. And then at the end of the comic, they showed the 2011, the new cartoon of Thundercats once. Like, okay, why is that? There was actually people that were trying to defend that. They said, well, it's probably just part of the story. You know, you got to learn to move with this, you know, this new story and stuff and just deal with it. It's That's probably going to be something that's going to be explained. Well, actually, it wasn't. It was a mistake. And what's so cool is today, Freddie Williams uh, II, the one who draws that comic, he said that it was an error on his part. You know, because you never know who gives you reference material. You know, I never assumed it was him. I thought maybe who was ever doing the comic and, you know, like writing it up, that they were maybe giving him reference material and stuff. But he said it was just something he drew. It was the wrong image. And here's what's cool. You know how it's gone into a second printing. There, You know, it went to a second printing. Well, what's awesome of him is he took to heart what we said and probably what other fans were saying about that. He redrew at that last page the correct ancient spirits of evil and i find that fantastic i mean it's great like you said that's why it's good to have your voice you know be heard and be vocal and we're ne- we weren't trying to do that to be negative i know i wasn't you weren't it's just sometimes uh, yeah I, 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 well tyler okay maybe sorry, tyler you were that's not that's not my was not okay. my intention well maybe tyler maybe tyler, i know but but you know what i mean it's like i said we're being passionate about it and we're just trying to speak up because if you sit and you don't say anything things will never change. And so it just shows that sometimes if you say something, look, there, I don't think in the history of He-Man comics or Thundercat comics, and I could be wrong, I don't think I ever remember anything like this being done to where somebody was speaking up and they actually changed something for a second printing. I find that myself fantastic. And really, it shows it shows the character and the class that Freddie has of doing this comic, to redraw that for the fans, and especially, you know, to make the Thundercat fans happy. I, I think that was fantastic. So I just wanted to thank him for that, because that really is a great gesture to show, look, I'm going to give you something that, you know, you wanted. Here it is. I made a mistake. Um, I, I kind of find that almost at the level of your house just got demolished, and a guy who you know, was with the guy that helped him out. He didn't necessarily do the demolishing, but he saw what happened. He witnessed it. Couldn't do anything about it, but was just told to go along with it. Comes over to you, just hands you a napkin. And, you know, <laughs> here you go. That's how you, well, I, 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 hope, I, hope, I hope this makes things better. Well, it's, you know, I mean, it still is. One, one, you know, so, look, I, 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 I'm, I'm, you know, yes, it was nice of him to go back and change that, but it is not a, you know, a glorious, you know, change of satisfaction here because that that's not what's damaging to this book. That's just another casualty of the bad writing and the bad interpretations of both both He-Man and Thundercats. You know, it's I, I, I even if he decides to go back and and decide that, uh, well, instead of drinking Mom Ra, he decides to cook him up as a nice casserole instead. Tyler hates this. It's more logical story-wise if he actually ate Mom Rock, because that would it would be really dark and and gruesome, you know, like 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 villains should be in superheroes now, you know, where they brood and they they're dark and you know just some sort of nonsense like that, you know. It's it's it that's that's not enough to salvage what's been done in these first two issues, and 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 especially based on your second 
you know, for your second review on the second or your first, you know, I'm getting tongue tied here. Your review okay. on the second issue was clearly, you know, all right, look, I tried to play nice the first time around. Okay, now you've gone too far. You know, <laughs> this cannot possibly be something where you're just like, goody gum dross, man. I can't wait for issue through this week. Well, no, no, no. I mean, good to go, Josh. But I mean, it, it shows. Like I said, that is. I mean, it shows. It's something nice. Well, it's to not do, his fault it's, because he signed on the right, artist right. and he's instructed to draw this ridiculous that's what, toilet stain of a story here. So it's not his fault, and I appreciate the effort exactly. that he made. However, you know, it's it's just it's not enough. You and know? Tyler's and perfect for a view. I'm sure people are just like, oh man, <laughs> you see this? You see? I told you, everybody. These guys really care about telling a good story. Like, no, they don't. You know, not not in the sense that you know what we're hoping for here. And I was just like, if you're saying that this was what Thundercats really is, that this was what really He Man is, then I, I I just like, well, and I don't mean have you watched the cartoon once as a kid, or you remembered a few episodes, or you bought it in the bargain bin at Walmart or Target for five bucks. You know, the first ten episodes for five dollars or something like that, and somehow you seem to know. This clearly is He-Man because this is not He-Man, and it sure as hell is not Thundercats. Did I just light so, a fuse by accident? I sure didn't mean to do that. I think I just somehow accidentally lit a fuse, and Tyler just exploded. But I, well, here's the thing: like you said, sure, the writing part, yeah. The, oh, I'm still having trouble with that. There is no doubt. I, I'm still having trouble with that writing. But like you said, it shows Freddy though is still trying to do the cool thing. You're right. He was. I mean, he was probably given something that you know he just drew what they said, and then once he heard the you know the backlash if you will of oh it should have been those he went back and did something but I feel like so of all the things, things that were complained about this is the one thing that gets fixed not to well you know they're not going to go back it's, i know it's, it's, hold on, hold on. there are holes that us readers are constantly falling in and smashing our elbows and hurting our knees and busting our kneecaps and then cutting our heads on on the jagged pavement there I know, and your perfect world, like I said, I know in Tyler's perfect world, I know what you I want, like you said, you want it to be There's rewritten. flaws in everything that we like, it, to some extent here. So, people get this out of this, uh, Grandpa Tyler here needs everything to be perfect, because I'm not asking to be perfect, I'm just asking you to treat these characters with dignity, for the same reason that they've been kept alive all these years, even after toy shells didn't carry more, even after the, the, the cable stations stopped playing them. You know, I know. Like I said, you know they're not going to rewrite it. I know you'd want to. Of course, that would be awesome. I know those are the big issues, but you know that ain't going to happen. That would be cool. I mean, heck, it'd be great. Go back, just start rewriting that sucker, and, and then we'd be really cool. But what I mean, in the meantime, it was a nice gesture. I mean, you can't deny that that was a great gesture. I wanted to thank him for that, so that was good. I know Tyler's just, I mean, there's no doubt it's, it ain't going to make a difference because, <laughs> I mean, good for, God forbid, when we do I, I, issue I, I, three. I don't have it in me to sit there and say, you know, I just want to thank you so much for fixing one of millions of mistakes in this book here. You know, in fact, I'm going to buy that second printing here and give you give more money to this guy who's writing this current book. Can I hold my hand up and say, you know what though, uh, I, I am going to go buy that though because that that is kind of cool they did. It. So I'm getting it. I thank you, Freddie. And uh, all right, well, here, part of the problem here. I'm not part of the problem. I'm telling you. Here, just let me let me put some water on that wick, you know, and just and, calm and me down and stuff. The Kool-Aid's like, you know what? This really is how Thundercats are portrayed. Do you ever watch, like, the first half of season one? This is, like, spot on, you know? Like, you know, they, they talk like this. And they act like that. You know what's really cool is the Thundercats barely show up in the first part of season one, which is how they're depicted the first two issues of this ultimate crossover, you know? You That's know, a lot of anger. That's a lot of anger, Tyler. Here, let's let's calm down. What, well, it's what, been a while since we've talked about it, and since it's, you know the third issue is coming out soon, it's just, it's like I've, I've, the, the, I've the beast is laid dormant. See, you has had no real reason to be, especially after the, you know, the last few episodes with the wonderful Penny Dreadful and and the uh, the master for William Stout joining us. Great. Now we get to talk about you know sort you know a real hellhole. You know, See, you're getting my dog. You're getting coffee all worked up. She's been like moving. I've been trying to hold her. You, you're, you're starting to get so angry. You know, that's what that I, need, right? I, I need. I need. My, you know, I, I need a nice, you know, uh, puppy in my in my lap to kind of calm my nerves here. You know, well, here I, we'll I calm need, your like, nerves. Uh, an assistance uh, and a dog with like, me, right? Like a doctor like, evil holding. Uh, yeah, well, not like that, but oh. you know, it's <laughs> a service dog that is like, you know, what I get stressed out over bad the He-Man Thundercat crossovers. I need a service dog. So I have my service dog kind of sitting here. I can pet and play with his ears and calm myself down. And 
you know, rub something nice and soft. You know, well, I got your, I got your puppy. I got something. Let, let's just, let's do something. I guess I could bring my, you know, my family bulldog uh, Roscoe down here, but uh, I don't think I get him to stay put here. He'd probably be wandering around. We'll, or, we'll have or, a version of a puppy. We're, we're going to move on to something. Let's, let's talk about some cool stuff from the past. I mean, like I said, this will relax you. Let's talk about some of those. Yeah, I'm too quite tense right now. I know you're so tense. You're like you can't even remember. <laughs> Let's talk about some of those great vintage commercials. I mean, they used to have so many of those great toy commercials that made us want to, you know, get excited, go out and buy the toys. Even when we'd have the toys and we'd see that commercial, we'd still freak out. Like some of my memorable, you know, here's the thing. There was, um, there's one of those, you know, like kind of like ad marketing things they did that a lot of people hated, but I liked. And it was the Master Power one. I don't know about you, but I like that. My, 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 my Master Power. Some guys got it. Some guys don't. I don't know why some people hated that that gimmick or the rap or whatever. Did you like that? Did you hate that? I mean, did you find a problem with it? I know I didn't. Uh, I, I, I didn't get to see the commercials as a kid because they, they stopped playing commercials for that stuff when I was four and five years old. So I I always wonder what the commercials look like, and then it always goes back to this, the, the VHS bootleg set that I bought. Um, the last tape had 20 or 30 minutes of just commercials, and that's how I, I saw the, the, the Master Power rap with Spidor and uh, Thunder Punch He-Man. Right, right. Yeah, it's silly because you got these older kids kind of dressed up like little hipsters or, or tough guys playing the He-Man toys and dancing around to it, this, this you know, rap. But it's it's. I mean, I, I watch it with fondness. I don't. I'm not one of those guys like I am so much better than this toy commercial here. Well, I, I I I excuse me. Well, I I, I got to go watch you know Dora, you know, or something like right. that. It's like no, these these are great fun. Every single one of them. There's there's not one. Yeah. Even if the kids are a bit dorky, you just want to like, man, beat a kid. You know what's you know, funny? Some of them be, you saying that about the kids. That's something that. You know, of course, they were a, a very important part in the commercials because, you know, they're the ones doing the voices and, you know, moving the character around. But for whatever reason, when you're a kid, you're focused on the toys. Like, I remember being so focused on the toys, I never looked at the kids. And it wasn't until recently, like, re-watching all those on YouTube, I was like, oh, my God, I'm noticing them now. I was like, oh, okay, you're making, like, you know, I think of the Dragon Blaster Skeletor, I mean, Dragon Blaster one, when uh, I think they froze Fisto and you see the kid go like that yeah, too like the kid the kids like he's, he's playing he's going he's selling it. he's 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 selling just how devastating cobra con's mist is yeah i like that i like that how or dragon blaster, excuse me I'm, I'm getting cobra con mixed up with the, the dragon blaster one. Oh yeah yeah because they were both almost a similar type thing but no i like that they were like you said they were selling it they were like getting into the roles and doing the little voices and then it seemed like every time skeletor ran away they always had all the kids going yeah or something they had so much I, I gotta say that was the director saying like, you want to say yard to help sell it skeletor is like scared and he's gonna run off now and you know one that freaked that always confused the heck out of me was the one with ram man okay it was ram man and i think he man or something trying to get into gray skull but yeah. th there was nobody but, but a father there was a guy like in back of he's there playing it's the like, power of castle gray skull is that what he's doing i was so confused I took it like, as. he's like he's you know you know um because he talks about, you know, uh, who who controls Castle Grisk or something like that. And when they open the doors, like, you know, good, who's the prisoner? As if, like, you know, he's speaking as, like, a character. I'm like, I assume he's supposed to be, like, the power of Grayskull, like the oh, okay. spirit of Grayskull talking, you know, inside. I'm glad you explained it. We're going to go on a tour real quick while I go, um, I'm going to get somebody some water here. So hold on a second. We're, we're going to still talk, still tour. But hold on, let me just. Uh... We're going behind the scenes. We're, we're breaking kayfabe here, fans. While while uh, uh, Rotten Amato is feeding, you know his his uh, Bond villain. I'm, I'm still still talking, but she's water. She's thirsty and needs her water. But uh, okay. Well, uh, all right. It's it, the camera's all in limbo. I'm still talking and everything, but no. So then it comes to the other ones that they always had. The ones that I got a kick out of was. I remember, do you remember how, like, I think with Cyclone? Oh, I might have been a couple. Yeah, and that's, a th I remember being so fascinated by seeing that, that spinning gimmick. Just, the, just seeing how it would spin. But then that wasn't the topper. That wasn't just the only reason I really got into that commercial. It was how it ended. Do you remember how it ended? And it would always have uh, all the evil warriors and he just starts mowing through them. I, yeah, exactly. Go through those, but then it would always say, coming soon and it would do and it was at the end of it you know 
you know, coming soon, the evil horde. Well, not only the evil horde, but Cyclones in particular always promoted Stonedar and Rockon. And I remember oh, yeah. how so badly I wanted those characters. I was like, oh my God, I cannot wait to get these, these rock warriors. But sorry, I got a little discombobulated. There we go. We're all back to normal and bang. Okay, but no, I remember, you know, waiting for them to come. And then even after you got those things, you still want to see. That's, that's I think, the difference with how it was with commercials then and even now is commercials got so got you so engrossed. Like I said, you, you felt like you were experienced in everything the kids were doing. You wanted to go buy the stuff. You still rewatched them even after having them. And that make, makes me think now. The 2000X cartoon, and then when... I'm sorry, the MYP cartoon... And the oh, those commercials X-Men. sucked. Isn't that sad? I mean, think of that. What was it? I think that they have a total of maybe three commercials. I don't even know how many commercials it was. Yeah, it wasn't even a full five from what I remember. And that's what's bad. It's like, you know, I think not only with the the bad way they marketed the cartoon, the bad way they marketed the toys with all the, you know, the case pack ratios, but you know what? Commercials are a very important thing also when with help selling things to kids. And when you barely have any commercials and the commercials ahead were so bland, I think those sure didn't help sell the 2000 X figures. And it's sad to see because, you know, you know, because like I said, we're just talking about stuff from the past and then, you know, the 2000 era and even coming to now, just trying to cover everything. But think about even the packaging of them 2000 X figures. That had to be for me one of the worst packaging design i mean on the back it would just show the figures and then figures there was no art that that front was bland it was just there was no you know like all the stuff we had we had cool art on the back the vehicles had amazing box art i mean what did you what were your impressions of seeing even the art for the 2000x toys and figures and playsets like god it was wretched very lazy the the whole the whole thing I, i felt like the whole the whole campaign from from the marketing standpoint to how it looks just when you buy it. Of course, at the time I was so happy to have anything, and you know it was one of those things you just you just kind of suppress and pretend it wasn't there because you were just so happy to have new He-Man toys. But no, it sucked. From from the Castle Grayskull box to all the vehicle boxes to the the car, well, just the car with three figures lined up on the sides here, and you know a very lazy front. You know where they're trying to it's almost like they're trying to invoke the exploding red rock, but it's yeah, it's just like no. I think all, a lot of those efforts is I, I, kind of makes you wonder if they spent so much money on this toilet, where did it go? Because that, that, that's they were so scared about doing another He-Man line because 2000X was such a flop in their eyes because they spent so much money on it. But you wouldn't know, know where the money went. That's what I meant. I mean, I, I it sure wasn't any kind of marketing. It didn't seem like it because yeah, that I mean, definitely the advertisement for that was I must mean, have been to hire no. Uh, uh, Mario Lopez and you know to do that uh, He-Man versus Skeletor opening at Toys R Us in New York or something like that. I <laughs> I, I have no clue, but I just know that. Could you picture if the stuff back in the '80s had? Because how we always talk that not only toys, you know, the toys and the figures, but the box art and the art for them figures and playsets drew us in as much as the toys did. And just picture, you wonder what kind of impact would it would have had back then if they were just all just marketing and like on the vehicles, they showed just the vehicle. There was no box art. It was just a vehicle. You wonder, it's just, you always kind of wonder about things like that. Because the things when it comes to 2000X again, is I hear a lot of people say it failed because kids aren't into, you know, barbarian stuff or savage stuff or sword and sorcery, which I don't buy because, I mean, there's things like Lord of the Rings and there's other fantasy stuff that plenty of kids got into. And that wasn't the failure, I think, of MYP in 2000X. It's, again, it was just that whole marketing and the ways they did everything, I think, was it was the worst I've ever seen. And unfortunately, that Thundercats cartoon, I think they suffered the same fate. If not worse. Yeah, because didn't they have the same time schedules jumping around different yeah, days? Don't know what's around, going. But then again, too, I stopped watching it after the first seven or eight episodes. And by the point, I, I just didn't care anymore. The, the toys were so lackluster. I only bought a couple of them. Um, it was just, you know, for for companies or so or some some you know marketing gurus sit there and claim that well, this stuff is just not popular. You know, it's like, no, you're clearly just someone who has a nice degree and the people are going to listen to you because of your supposed credentials. 
I mean, yeah. the, the, one of the best examples going right now is Turtles, simply because Playmates and Nickelodeon are going to make sure that we're going to give this our best shot and take a take a chance since it came back out back the same time as the, as the 2000X cartoon. The new Turtles, where everything was extreme in 2D animation, which looked animation looked good, story stunk. I thought, but but at least you know they were like, you know what, this still has a lot of promise. Let's 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 repackage it. You know, a little, you know, a bit of a different look. Tweak a few things. We're going to get behind the toys. We're going to get behind the cartoon. We're going to advertise it. Things like that. Thundercats and He-Man could still work today, but people, they, Mattel has got can't can't be doing this whole, you know, sissy pants, you know, I, approach to you know pushing something that made them you know a billion dollars back in the day. It's like, no, if you're going to do it, do it right. Market it well. Give us packaging right. art that's going to. Not only you're going to get you'll get the collectors. So if you please them, the kids will just follow. If you market it correctly towards children, and I've seen a few toy commercials when I used to watch that new Turtles cartoon. The toy commercials stunk. <laughs> you just kind of feel like even girl commercials when I was a kid were a little bit more elaborate than what they they just like. Well, this will get girls and, and down the pink aisles of Toys R Us, and this will get boys to go out and buy. You know this. This cool, like creepy crawly, you know what? I don't know. I don't. I don't watch that stuff anymore. But you know, it, it, we're on the subject of He-Man commercials. They've got fog coming in for the Cyclone commercial. They've got this kind of purple sky motif going on here. They've got different camera angles of like He-Man's talking to Cyclone. Use your whirlwind power to investigate. Sound effects and things. They're telling small little stories within 20, 30 seconds here. Yeah. You know, a prime one that uh. One one of our uh, good people and all encompassing. Um, Joe, you might remember his name. This this guy. I apologize for for forgetting your name, but I had this particular commercial on a, a D, on a VHS and transferred to DVD, and I didn't know how to upload to anybody to YouTube or anything. Fortunately, this guy did of the Clamp Champ versus Ninja commercial, which is an homage to End of the Dragon. That a little nice. little 15, 15 second scenario of setting these guys up. I'm like, oh, cool, you know, using the mirrors to throw off the hero here, just like Bruce Lee and Mr. Han. Yeah, I mean, yeah. Just, you know, kids at that time probably maybe you knew who Bruce Lee was, maybe you did, but it still looked cool. And and as an adult, you're like, look at the effort they put into marketing these two figures here. Even though the toy line was dwindling in sales, they're still putting out these kick-ass commercials here. But you that's know? it, and that's it, see. Back then, it was little mini stories. Like I said, every commercial was kind of like a mini story. It was almost like how you looked at, you know, your card back back then of the figures, and it had one sentence, and it showed something, but it was kind of a story in just that little picture. Well, the same thing for the commercials. There was a story with the kids acting it out, or even how they were just kind of talking and doing something, and then showing everything in the background. You know, like you said, it was a story. But like the ones that they did for 2000X and some of the stuff, it was like just them fighting. It seemed like, oh, they're showing He-Man and his power. And they were using voice clips from the cartoon. Like, just really felt, for me, real cheap. Like, a little cheap way out. Oh, let's just use the sound effects from the cartoon. Let's have them battling. Bam, go get it. That's what kids want. But no, it's like, why is it we don't remember that stuff that well? Because it, it sucked. But we should remember all the vintage cartoon. I mean, the vintage commercials, because they really sucked you in. And it's like, that's how I'm just trying to get to what you said. If, if we love saying that a new cartoon, a new toy line. If anything comes to the stores again, hopefully they can get it right again. Hopefully they can do it like the old days with nice box art. Do good ways of, you know, the case pack ratios and stuff. Because like you said, for the 2000X figures, they say, oh, it was selling, it was terrible. I mean, it wasn't selling well, it was terrible. Nobody wanted them. No, we sat there, we bought it, the one, you know, the ones that were hard to get. Like you said, when there was four He-Mans, one Oracle, one Man-at-Arms, whatever it may be, Oracle, Man-at-Arms, gone. And then somebody get a He-Man. Then yes, you're loaded with tons of He-Man, tons of Skeletor, because they were shoving them down our throat. And that's the other thing. For hopefully everybody, if they're listening and they think about doing this again, please don't give us 20, 30 versions of He-Man and Skeletor. Do it like how they did back in the old days. What did we get? One He-Man variant, one Skeletor variant a year or per wave or, or what it was it? Once a year? How did yeah, that one work? per year. But you know, I I, I got I to blame people like Kenner. You know, who, who, you know, of course, at the time, I thought they were, they were, they were really cool variants of like the Ghostbusters, the real Ghostbusters back then, where there was like tons of variants. Some of them I thought were pretty cool. But then they go on and do the DC, uh, the Batman animated series, and you've got, you know, you know, Killer Frost Batman, you've got, you know, Sub Zero Temperatures Batman. Oh, you've those got, were rotten. 
volcanic lava excavation batman just and it's just like okay you guys are just doing doing the whole lazy thing and now every every toy company that manufactures action figures has got to find some way of repackaging the hero and the villain in ridiculous colors and costumes and just like well we'll, we'll save money we'll force this stuff on kids because kids are dumb they don't know any better and we're going to maintain the same mindset for all these years and playmates is doing it with turtles where they're making a bunch of silly variants instead of giving people you know you know, extra, you know, secondary characters outside the core, your, your essential core characters that are not repackaged for, you know, Farmer Michelangelo is probably around the corner. Playmates keeps us up or, you know, you know or Magic Trick Raph. Here's the thing with that. Like, I guess, like okay, that. first, like when they were doing that stuff with Batman and let's see Superman and all those characters, it's like, okay, these characters are so freaking established. It's like, okay, you guys can take a risk with them. You can take a risk with giving 5,000 versions of them. But when you're trying to give no, no, but that 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 that's that's what helped kill you know kill sales for the He-Man line. Well, that's that, what I mean. They they could take that. They took the risk with characters like Batman and stuff. But for somebody like He-Man, that's being reintroduced, you know, again to a new generation, you can't take that risk. They don't. He doesn't have that power to. I mean, no pun intended, but the power to. Okay, let's keep giving variants of him and him and him. And no, that's not going to work. I don't care if they say that's our main hero and that's our main villain. That shouldn't have been done. Now, Turtles, the reason I think it kind of works for them is because unlike Masters of the Universe where there's so many different freaking characters that they have, Turtles, yes, there's a good selection, but it's usually – it's always about those four heroes. It's the heroes in a half shell. I mean, it's it usually is, about but, them. You know, and, and, you know, and I had a bunch of them as a kid mainly because they were given to me as birthday gifts. Very few that I go out and pick. I want another Leo. I want another Donatella. I'm like – those were given to me as gifts. I, I was always after characters that I'd like, you know, Triceraton, Slash, and, you know, uh, Ground Chuck and Dirtbag. I, I want yeah. new villains. I want new heroes, you know. I oh, and which got is a cool. couple of cool variants. And, of course, He-Man did you, – you come up with one good variant a year. And I, I was just like – yeah. I'm sure if we were to walk into a, a marketing meeting with Mattel, if they – you know, I, I don't – I think they still have the rights to do a brand new toilet. If they wanted to, Super 7 is just doing the collector stuff. However – the argument being that if we walked into a marketing meeting with Mattel and saying, why, why can't you guys just give us one variant a year? If anything, all right, limit the amount of figures. If you don't want to sit there and put a whole lot of money into new new molds and new sculpts and not being a reason again, they just don't give us that many figures a year and focus on vehicles and things like that. And in a place that keep it short and simple, you're, you know, it, it, I, I don't know. I just, I just feel like there's always been, you know, I'm, I'm I don't know. Maybe there's some sort of hidden meaning that, you know, being in the toy business. Let's see if we could get somebody who worked at Mattel trying to figure out why, why is it in this industry that variants are so much more important than as if, like, kids don't know any better and they're just going to rely on their aunts and uncles and various family members to, like, oh, well, we'll buy him a He-Man toy. He likes them He-Man toys. So just get him He-Man. And it's, like, the fourth well, or fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth variant that's come out, and now this kid is getting an eighth variant of He-Man. You know, yeah, like you said, that's kind of their easy way. It's their easy way of just selling it because, that, again, they want to push the main hero, main villain, and then probably, hey, it's the same exact figure, but let's slap a new armor on him. Let's just give him a new weapon. It's got to be practical, man. It, you, you can't have Spider-Man doing, like, lifeguard Spider-Man, you know? He's trying to make sure that Dr. Octopus doesn't, you know, you know, emerge from the swimming pool and, and start, you know, trying to attempt to drown the kids. And lifeguard Spider-Man's going to jump in in this awesome commercial that, that you know, that they're putting out. It's like, you know, if you're going to do a variant, make it a practical variant. Something that's right. not just, you know, Samurai He-Man and Mega Punch He-Man and, and you know, oh gosh, all, all, all some of these. Some of them <laughs> look pretty cool, but the majority of them were about as forgettable as a fart in the wind. You know? Yeah, they were pretty bad. Like, so there was way too many of them. But uh, so those are ideas. Like I said, we figured just shoot some ideas. Hopefully, if anybody's listening out there, they can get ideas of maybe what – like I said, I know they're, they're going to probably gear it more towards kids if it ever comes back to the stores, but they got to keep in mind, us collectors, they know we're going to want the stuff too. Well, that's why I feel like, you know, if you're going to gear towards kids, well, obviously that's what they want. They want kids. They're not focused on adult collectors, but that's where at least I'll give Playmates credit that even though their new Turtle toys are not as colorful as the original ones they did, where, you know, you pick up some of them that they lack a lot of color and detail and they get kind of cheap on it. But at least... Just starting it out, they won over, you know, the adult fans, the people who grew up on it. You've got them, 
uh, all right, now get the kids. You know, the, if you please yeah. the adults, I think getting the kids should be relatively easy too. They but did you a great. Predict what's going to be a hit? If that was the case, everybody would be doing. No, true. I mean, but they did it great. They really did it great with Turtles because they hit, like you said, old school fans. They got new fans. And I just don't see anything stopping them. So, it, again, I don't see it being anything with, you know, sword and sorcery and anything like that. Kids not into that, you know, not being into it. No, it's just like I said. Look, kids you, love Harry Potter and stuff like that. You got sorcery and that. The Lord of the Rings yeah. films were all giant hits, even the Hobbit films. So Yeah, people so like fantasy. It's just you market it right. If you market it right, I think it'd do fantastic. So, you know, and fans out there, if you guys have ideas and you want to, you know, comment on what we said, you know, go ahead, let us know. Because I'm not saying I'm right. Tyler ain't saying he's right. It's just spitballing ideas of what you could think, what could possibly make it come back. Because it is kind of getting old and tiring of, to keep talking about, oh, when's the new movie? Oh, when's the new this? As you notice, yeah, we don't sit there and speculate. I'm, yeah. I'm so sick we, we of don't do. about it. But I, I, I guess as long as we have nothing to report, it means we're, we're still far as far away as we possibly can from Mick G and Kellen Lutz. You know, you know, just taking a big, nice, soft serve dump all over this property here simply because, well, he's a Sony, you know, hired hand and he was in Expendables 3 as a forgettable character. We found our He-Man. Exactly. And that's why, again, if fans ever did wonder, why, hey, why aren't you talking about, you know, the new movie that's coming or this that's coming? The reason being is because it ain't coming. If when we hear real official news, real about, you know, casting and shooting and it's in production and they start showing trailers, then we're going to get excited. But almost 15 years of just speculation that it, it does get tiresome. I mean, for new fans who maybe don't know about it, this has been going on quite a long time. They always say, hey, there's a new He-Man movie that's going to be made. Get ready. And then fans start talking about it and then nothing. And then next year, oh, they got a new script. Oh, they got a new director. Oh, they got a new studio. It's just tiresome. I want, you know, me and Tyler, I want a new movie. I, you bet I want to see something cool, and hopefully it happens. But I'm not going to, you know, like I say, hold my breath, and I won't talk about it until it's definitely official. So I'm crossing my fingers, you know, that someday it happens. But otherwise... I'm yeah. not. I got all mine completely open here. Tyler's like, I don't care. They're going to wreck it. So, all right, well, well, we did that. We covered this to that, the past, the present, and everything in the future. So that, let's just go into, let's relax and do a character profile. Let's do our spotlight of the week, and that's Whiplash. So why don't you start us off with Whiplash? Your thoughts on him? I got Whiplash for Christmas 1987, along with uh, Hordak, Cobra Khan, Fisto, and Spikor. And uh, I still have my original Whiplash. He's up here on the shelf. Um, I, I thought it was a fantastic character, and, of course, he's in Clash of Arms. So that was my first impression of the character. I didn't see him in filmation until um, I think I was five. Oh, so Clash and, of uh, Arms was the first time you seen him then, huh? Yeah, that was the, and that was the only time. Uh, other than uh, I think I had a He-Man coloring book that had uh, him uh, on the front cover. And um, I want to say I think that was it. And then, like I said, when um, I watched Betrayal of Stratos for the first time, that's when I when they mentioned that Whiplash has got the egg of Avion like, Whiplash is in this episode. <laughs> oh, dear God. Uh-huh. You know, so that, and that, and that was, but I was bummed that he wasn't alongside Skeletor, even though he's working for Skeletor. But it was such a, an impressionable uh, uh, first appearance, at least for me, of seeing him that I'm like, wow, he, he was he was given a lot of dignity. He was he was a very sinister villain, at least in that episode. I think still holds up today as, as his best episode. What did you think about Trouble and Trolla, though? What did you think about when he was in that one, when he was trying to learn magic or something? Wasn't he from Snoop? I saw that in fifth grade on the Revenge of Web Store VHS tape, and I was quite upset with it. Now, what had you upset about that? What did you like? That he just magically appeared in Trolla and is trying to learn magic, or what was it? Well, first off, in in the wraparound sequences, your Skeletor tells you that one time I really thought I had He-Man. And then we're showing trouble in Trolla. We're not only a skeleton not in the episode, but He-Man is not in peril at all in the episode. Your impressions crack me up. I love, like I said, the way you experience stuff is so different from, like I said, from how I was. Because like I said, I didn't have that VHS that you always talk about that one. And, and there's always something different in these things. I mean, yeah, this, yeah, right here, people, right th- this is what disappointed me, you know, well. Uh, th- this is, you know, I, I just felt like the sequences were so good in this that you think you're gonna you're gonna see, you know, when you open this up, this clamshell case or magic window, you know, it's gonna light and shine gold in front of your face, and 
And for the fans who ain't seeing that, what's the name of that tape, that VHS? Was it Skeletor's Revenge or what? Skeletor's – hold up. It's got Web Store attacking He-Man and Snake Mountain here. Okay. It's, so a, it's, they, a, it's, a, very, it's a fantastic VHS. I mean, I'm so glad I have it strictly because of the wraparound sequences that are in it. Yeah, because but, that's unique to that, correct? That's only yeah, for it's that It's strictly tape. just on that tape, and it's not available on YouTube either. Um, oh wow! So see, yeah. so then, like you said, from that you were expecting something else, and then you didn't even something get a lot you... more because I, I you know, I, it was at that time where I was, you know, looking for any He-Man VHS tape I could find that I had not seen. Is like because I, I, I was, I really wanted to see Too Bad. Like I just, I just, I, that was one of those things that I was like, I want to see Too Bad's in this episode. So that was one of the big things I was always looking for. And um, of course, I didn't see it till I got the the, the bootleg set. But but I'd already seen Whiplash in uh, on the, that other VHS tape with Betrayal Stratus and other adventures. So okay. Betrayal Stratus in the Ice Age comic back to back with Whiplash in the in Ice Age, the brief appearance, but still uh, a, a notable one. And then he shows up in the Shadow of Skeletor on the same VHS tape. So okay. three episodes of Whiplash where he's depicted as a legitimate badass, even though he may quickly dismisses him, but enough to where you feel like. This is a threatening villain. So it, it, it was it, it was awesome. I mean, it, it was so – I thought John Irwin did a great job of, of playing, especially when you first meet him when he's he's, he's doing uh, uh, work with a, a demon named Kroll in the demon zone where he's sitting on his knees and talking to this flaming demon head in a, in a, in a, in a, a bonfire in this temple, so to speak. You're like, this is how we're going to be introduced to Whitley, at least for me. It's okay. not his official appearance, but for me, it was. All right, but obviously, the one Trouble and Trolla, you like I said, you, you like going back to that, don't you? I do because I, I want to keep coming back to it because I, I love this experience. How you were expecting one thing, you didn't get it, but the, you know, you hey, it's Whiplash, it's in there, but you just you weren't into the episode at all. Did you not? No, find it? no, I'm just like it, there's no villain showing up for the majority of the episode. I'm thinking I'm not really interested in Snoop and. You know, and I like trolling episodes. I love Return of Orko's Uncle and and uh, Driel's. I mean, Driel's Return and Dawn of Dragoon. So it has nothing to do with trollings. I, I just I just felt like this is not a very good episode. And then to kind See? of find out that Whiplash is pulling the strings with Snoop, yeah, I'm just like, no, man, I I don't like the idea of Whiplash is like wanting to learn magic and he's, you know, kind of pulling the strings. It's like, no, I don't like this at all. And Skeletor said this is a time where he almost got him and. Oh, so see, that's over, what's weird. I would have flipped it over and, you know. I love it. Out. That's what I mean. I just love, like I said, everybody's experience of how they first seen a certain episode. Yours is the most unique because, like I said, I never had, I never was renting those tapes. So I never would even have known what you did. For me, it was just watching on TV. And I remember being, you know, fascinated, thinking, oh my God, that's a new trial. And who's this guy? And he was so annoying sounding. Snoop had one of the most annoying voices. Yeah, I didn't voices. like his voice. He was kind of a yeah. lazy. I mean, you heard the voice used before. I think Erica Shimmer uh, did that particular voice, I think, which she's done so many other better voices, but that wasn't yeah. one of them. It was it. It was a dude. It wasn't the best, but still, I was like, my God, look how big this trolling is. I always was fascinated on the different sizes of it. And then we got to see more of them. We got to see the council. We, we've seen Driel. We've seen Uncle Montour. We've seen, I, I, like I said, as a kid, I freaked out seeing all the trollings. But then to see Whiplash was on Trolla. You know, I guess I didn't even think twice, you know, well, how in God's name did you even get to trauma? But still, it was well, I mean, if we go back and look at it now, if like Clawflin Trapjaw can just jump right to trawler, steal the horn of evil, come right back to Narnia. Right. Yeah. You know, and Dragoon works for Skeletor too. So, right. I remember that. So it's like, eh, I guess it's just happening. But it was still yeah, cool just kind of one there. of those things where it just, you know, I, as a kid, I wouldn't have questioned it. But as an, as an adult, yeah. you know, uh, a comic. Yes, we could definitely. How does all this work here? I don't really don't buy any of this. I'm like, right? We could we could question it, but yeah, I just I accepted it, but I enjoyed it because again, I was seeing that, like I said, he is pulling the strings, but to see that he's trying to learn magic, it's one of the most bizarre things because a character that is a lizard type warrior, whatever, you'd never even fathom that he's trying to learn magic. So I did like, I really liked that episode as a kid, and still, like I said, 
I enjoy it even to this day. I still enjoy that episode, but I love how you don't like it because you were expecting Skeletor almost getting the best of He-Man and he wasn't even there. Yeah, that would have freaked me out too. That's, uh, yeah, especially when you're thinking one thing. Like when I told you when I was a kid and I got that mail or that form that was over there at the store and advertised everything that was going to be in the He-Man movie, you know, that I thought was going to be in there, all them characters, and none were. So that's why I got mad. So impressions are definitely cool. But like you talk about Clash of Arms. That's why I love Clash of Arms. Clash of Arms. You know what's cool? Because you, I know you love Fisto, too. I know Fisto is your boy. I know Fisto is one of your favorite characters. But I tell you what, if He-Man didn't come into the end and, to save the day, did you notice Whiplash had Fisto beat? He was beating the mess out of him from hitting him with the tail to slamming him with his tail, throwing him into a wall. He was going to kill him, I think. Well, of course. Yeah, you know, yeah. The, way, the way he was drawn on that, that's why we was like, we need to have Larry Houston back again to talk more about it. But where yeah. he's he's kind of speaking kind of Neanderthal like, you know, where he's he's kinda of speaking in complete I about this yeah. kinda of helps add a lot more to the minutes that he's just like a, a mind not really mindless, but he's definitely about did he talk caveman like wasn't it like you know, me fight for Skeletor or however he said his nonsense. Yeah. And just his depiction where like, you know, uh, Skeletor's pissed off at Jitsu and Claw for failing. You know, you know. All right, we're gonna we're gonna finish you off, and then you just see a big hulking whiplash with his original color scheme standing yeah. right there. And Fisto is looking like, oh dear God, man, I can't I can't go to the limit with this guy. I liked it because he was the yeah he was the one that basically the the straw that broke the camel's back, but it was gonna be Fisto's back. Yeah, he was the one that okay, now you beat this one, you beat this one. Now here comes Whiplash, and Whiplash he took care of Fisto. Fisto didn't get anything off on him. And like, and again, like you said, he talks caveman like that, but in filmation, he talks where it's like sinister and like, you know, diabolical and, and almost, you know, and, and intelligent. And I kind of like that portrayal, which one other comic, th this one, it wasn't much of a really a, a fight or nothing, but in Hordak, the Ruthless Leader's Revenge. You know, he had his, like, you know, appearance in there. Remember when all the, the Horde and the evil... Oh, no, it's, we're talking like, oh, man, we got these two factions clashing in a Royal Rumble right in front of yep. Castle Grayskull. Exactly. One thing I wanted to bring up, I don't know if you ever paid attention, that cracked me up. They're sitting there, they're all rumbling. You got the evil warriors fighting against the Horde. But then in the next panel, the guy, I don't know if it was, it had to be a mistake. They didn't know what they were doing. They put Leech fighting Grizzlor. And then they had Jitsu fighting Whiplash. Did that you notice that? That, that? That's really because Manny faces the evil the, the uh, evil wars turn on each other. Oh, was it purple? Okay, because I yeah, thought when it, they it were shows him watching, because as a kid, I'm thinking, wow, now Jitsu and Whiplash are, are going at it. And oh, the horse so you know how at I it too. It's like they, they've all just like, you know what? I'm tired of you stepping on my tail. I'm tired of you, you know, losing losing to, you know, a giant leech. And it's like, oh, you know what? I'll smack you around too. Was it, okay? No, that's the thing because uh, was it? Did they actually say that? Because I thought here, here I'm gonna look it up right now, right here. Okay, because I thought it was a mistake when they were talking about the evil warriors. I thought they just meant everybody evil fighting in general against each other. So I thought it was a mistake. But if no, if um actually Whiplash was talking to Jitsu, okay, that makes sense. Here I we are. Okay, uh, can't believe my eyes. The vile fiends turn on each other. Like, and this this is well after. The Horde and the Evil Warriors are starting to fight each other. Like we're the, for the previous page is all of the of these two factions fighting. The next page is seeing the heroic wars looking shocked as you know Grizzlor and Leech are, are, are punching each other, and Whiplash and Jitsu are going at it too. And with Manny Face saying the vile fiends turn on each other, as a kid I always took that he's pointing out that the guys who are working together. Are now turning on each other. You know. Okay. All right. Then that, that makes At sense. At least that's right. how I interpret it. Of course, this being the fine art that it is, <laughs> this is what I want to hear people sitting around with the monocle. Yes. Well, I see. You know, that that these factions have decided to implode on each other here, darling. You know, that's that's yeah, I guess that's, that's how I want to interpret that here. Open to interpretation. Okay. Yeah. However, I... if someone wants to send in a friendly email and tells me that they feel like. You know what? I think this may have been a mistake on the on the uh, the artist or something like that. And I'll be like, you know what, little Jimmy, you make of a valid point. And I could see where you might be coming from there. We'll have to ask Larry <laughs> Houston. That. I'm not going to say, here's a buck, kid. Scram. 
Now that's the way to do it. Like I said, if you want to really find out info and if you can, and if these people are around then you know, yeah, it's cool to try to contact them because then you could find out the real reasons of stuff. I mean, especially yeah. with like, you I'm, know, not gonna, I'm not going to dismiss somebody who's got a, a theory about what's going on in a particular panel. Like here as if like, man, kid beat it. You know, I, I've, I've got my, you know, my, my varsity letterman party to go to here. I'll you dismiss know. you. I mean, everything you just told me, I ain't believing Stuff in his locker, dump his books, pop his bubble gum in his face, and then trip him, give, you know, give him a wedgie, you know, hang him from the goalpost, you know, what, you know, what all the cool kids might do with anybody. I know you're the bully. I knew you were a bully in school. I know how it is. Everything you describe. I was, on, I was on the opposing end of bullies. I, I, I was the one getting bullied. Uh, and that's what turned Tyler into like the Incredible Hulk. He's like, okay, I had enough of this stuff. He's gonna just lift weights, and he's gonna show everybody you ain't bullying me no more, huh? Definitely helps when you're lifting something you're not quite sure about, and you think about a particular idiot or jackass that uh, didn't hesitate to make fun of me or or take a shot at me. <laughs> I'm like, you know, just love to, you know. I don't know how this all happened. We were talking to whip, about Whiplash, which I guess will bring us to the last one. We, we, you know, I, 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 I'm, I'm quite uh, proud of our tangents that we, we've jumped on because this is definitely an episode we, we're, we're just jumping tracks left and right from poor marketing to fun. toy commercials to, you know, you know with, with that's what it's about. bullies in school and stuff I mean, like that. It's being passionate. That's why I said it's always fun. It's just being passionate. But now, yes, to finish up Whiplash, we had him in MYP. And how did you like him in MYP? Uh, not bad. Um, wasn't an offensive portrayal of the character. Um, you know, it was, I really love what the horseman did when we first introduced to what he's going to look like, this big Hulk of, of, a of big character. It's just like, wow, well, this is impressive. I was like, this, this looks great. But, um, mm-hmm. you know, to, to portray him as, you know, again, as a simpleton right off the bat, not or filmation where they decide we're going to introduce this character with some dignity, mm-hmm. You know, and because uh, I think your favorite, one of your favorites, the Save Skelter, I believe was his first appearance, I think. Or maybe it was, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, when he showed up there hurt, that was, uh, yeah, that was freaky. Yeah, that he's he portrayed, you know, uh, fairly sinister in that, in the Island of Fear, where he's, you know, kind of uh, bantering with Merman, but then betrayal of Stratos. Um, I, I feel like that 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 is the best episode of Whiplash of, of, between both series. Whiplash... In, in NYP, you know, I really can't see he had, I mean, he's, he's to link him as like buddies with Tuvar and Badra, I kind of feel like that's probably his only shining moment. Underworld, as good as the episode is, it's not really like a, you know, hey, Whiplash is really good in this episode. No, he's, he leads him there by accident, showing that no, not only is he stupid, but he, you know, he's just, he is completely clueless. He, when he says he can take you somewhere, no, he has no clue. And like, Oh man, just he was trying. I mean, an idiot. Yeah, I mean, I mean, he was trying, but you know, the thing was, I did love his look. I love that gigantic. I mean, just lizard, dinosaurish, whatever you want to call it. Just, I mean, he had a good an alligator piss that would add to his. You know, if he's kind of sitting there, kind of hulking, kind of, you know. You know, getting ready to attack, he hit this alligator hiss coming from his mouth, which was well, for me. Touch. The thing that gave me the, you know dinosaur kind of thought or whatever or a Godzilla is always oh, first through yell. the first episode and you get the T-Rex yell. There you go. That's what I liked when he did that. You know, I was thinking, you know what? This is awesome. That's what I would almost prefer because you know we had him in filmation where he was sinister and I liked the way he spoke. But if they were gonna have him, you know, in MYP and then they turn him into the oaf, I didn't like that. I would have preferred just a screaming creature yell, like how he did, you know, like you said, when he did that yelling. Which <laughs> it was it was a cool way of him entering that that particular scene, you know, just yeah, tear tree apart and yelling like a T Rex attacking Tila. It was it was really cool. Yeah, and it should have stuck. I mean, I would have just preferred the T-Rex kind of yell, and that's it. I would have rather he would not have spoke at all, because it could have made the character so much you know, more imposing. And I, I, said it I don't thing, know why just, they did that. Grunts and, and yells no, and growls. made no sense to me. Like I said, why they had to turn, you know, first these two characters, they turned them into two hulking characters, which was awesome, but why did they have to make them both oafs? I didn't like that oaf thing. It's like, oh, now that you're big and strong, you, ha- you have no brain. I-, I don't know. I just didn't get a kick out of the way they talked and portrayed them both. Uh, I-, I feel like a lot of a lot of the villains, on, you know, on a kind of regular basis, were not given a whole lot. Of, like, sometimes Trapjaw kind of came off as a bit of a simpleton, and um, you know, Clawful and Whiplash speak for themselves. 
Merman sometimes kind of felt like he's kind of like this kind of goofy, kind of squishy character. Not all the time, but he just kind of felt like well, you have moments like Merman and Tila's quest when he's wanting to sacrifice, you know, uh, Zoar the Falcon and Tila to a sea demon on his own. You kind of feel like this is the kind of demeanor that these characters ought to have. You know? That was kind of a Clash of the Titans uh, thing, wasn't it, or something? That sacrificing, is that what they were trying to do to, like, uh, uh, I guess, yeah, yeah, I never never thought about that because I, I just, I think Clash of the Titans, I'm thinking that really bad version of the Kraken in search for the VHO. But, but yeah, yeah, to sacrifice Tila, dang, you know, attached to a rock, just like Andromeda was in Clash of the Titans. We're talking the original and the only good Clash of the Titans, not the one with Sam Worthington, the, the flavor of the month because he was an avatar character. Um, uh, boy, I was so pissed off when I left the theater that night after seeing that <laughs> god awful remake. Uh, right before my birthday of all days, too. Anyway, sorry about that bad memory, but yeah, go ahead. Uh, but yeah, you just like you kind of feel like you're doing such a disservice to these great, great looking villains that could really be always portrayed as like, why is this important? Because this is this guy is always a threat. You don't see him as just somebody that he man just you know, just holds his leg out and just whiplash just falls over on his chin. Oh, well, he saved our village. Yeah. You know, it's, you like to think that there's, uh, you know, it's it's like having a, 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 a baby-faced wrestler comes out and just squashes all the heels. You're like, well, where's the excitement? Where, where, mm-hmm. Where's the where's the threat? If, if you just know that you can take a rubber band, pull it back, and hope, and you will hit him in the eye because, well, the, the writing says so, and he's taken out of the sword because you hit him in the eye with a rubber band. You know, just, there's no no threat. And I, I, I hate that that so many of the villains um, did at least, like Triclops was given some good moments, even though I don't like him as the lab technician and stuff like that. But, um, um, you know, Too Bad was given a good one. Um, but, yeah, Whiplash, no, I, I really can't say he, he went the route of Clawful, but he certainly could have been done better he could have because i feel like there's three for me there's three key elements from the ones we spoke of that almost could make in my mind the perfect whiplash you have how he looked in myp which was so imposing i love that you had filmation where he had the sinister mind and he was real devious i like that and then we had the mini comic with clash of arms where he was like this, this badass you know, unstoppable fighter, yeah, warrior. He's a leviathan. He's coming and you're not going to stop him. I liked it. So if they took those three boom, boom, boom characteristics from each one to make the perfect whiplash, that would be my, that would just be a dream. If they could do that, take those aspects. Again, if they ever make another cartoon, if something happens, take those three parts from those different whiplashes, mix them together, bam. That's for me, that's the perfect whiplash. I'd almost like to see Whiplash as someone who kind of dwells in swamps almost because of the alligator thing. You know, okay. There's a lot of sneak attacks from the water, you know, in the swamp areas, you know, just kind of the tail swiveling through the water to like kind of let the audience know, hey, man, oh, dude, you know, some, he's coming. You know, they come Would that be his swamp? To bear hug He-Man and pulls him down to the water to try and drown him. It's his swamp. It's his home. Those who come in. Oh, I'm sorry. I was having a flash of an old TV show, Swamp Thing. Talking, you know? I was like, what are you thinking? Like Swamp Thing or something like that? <laughs> yeah. No, but that could be cool. That would be weird. Hiding within the swamps, pump it up like that. But yeah, that could be kind of cool. But, but, me, yeah, but I also like the idea of him, you know, hanging on the demon's own of filmation. I, of course, as a kid, I didn't quite get the alligator thing. I, I just, I, I didn't see it. Like when I saw his tail, I didn't think alligator instantly. I just thought, hey, it's a, he's a big lizard guy with sharp teeth. That's what I. That's what I thought. I really thought it was like a lizard man. Of course, you know, we had lizard man, but yeah. I always thought it'd be lizard man character when I looked at him every time. Just a lizard man, yeah. Yeah, but um, but it, it worked, and and um, I, I think that's a character that uh, it's kind of hard to say. I think everybody likes him, but I don't think there's like a giant fan falling forward. I say I, I don't want to like. What, I think Spike or. Like, there's a lot of fan demand for Spikor. Like, uh, Spikor's not used a whole lot and was given was shortchanged in both series. Didn't show up in NYP. We probably was better off not showing up in Filmation. But there's there's a lot of excitement for Spikor. Like, when the classic, when they finally released Spikor, people were like, we've got to have Spikor. Why don't we have Spikor yet? Things like that. I kind of, I, I, I never quite see a whole lot of, like, 
particular prick for Whiplash. Like everybody likes it. I can't I can't imagine any He Man fan not liking Whiplash. We'll have but to check that out. We'll have to do a little, I don't know, a little poll just, or something. I may be overthinking it here, and I, and I, I, I will be forever, you know, a, a apologetic about that because I feel, I feel like he's a character that's – I mean, I look at the classics, and he is a badass character. I mean, this is, you know, with the, with one tooth coming up and two teeth coming down. I mean, he just looks like, you know, taking a bite from him is something you don't want to do, let alone engage in combat with him. And you know, it's weird you saying that. I don't usually see much fan art for Whiplash. I mean, like as much as I do for like characters. Yeah, there's there's some a little bit here and there, but Whiplash. But not a ton. And yeah. not a ton. It's, it's one guy in particular. Um, oh, God, I feel bad that I forgot his name. But there's a guy that's been doing some like, you know, art and sharing it in a lot of groups. And he said, what would you guys like to see next? And I said, how about doing Grandamere? Because, you know, you never see anybody doing anything. Oh, great. yeah, I remember seeing he, that. He did that. It was fantastic, and people were loving it. And that's the thing. When you see art for characters that, you know, don't have a lot, it catches your eyes. Because especially when you're seeing 5 million Skeletors, He-Man, it's like, it's cool, but it's like, oh, okay, anything else. So when you see something new, it's real cool. So, but, all right, well, I guess that was our, our wrap-up on Whiplash. And I think now we'll probably wrap up the show. So, Tyler, closing recommendations. What you got for us? Uh, I'm I'm definitely gonna say Betrayal of Stratos this week. Oh, got you worked up on that. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I I, I re- if I had a top ten, you know, we we've done like our top three episodes. Something like Betrayal of Stratos would be my top ten episodes. Um, I, I think it's a very, very well done episode. It's a good it's a good episode where He Man's just it's just about He Man helping out a friend and Stratos, or you know. Okay. And, and Whiplash is kind of giving us a very prominent role in the episode where you think it's going to be about Skeletor and going back to St. Miles. Like, nope. We're going to take a, you know, a, a big you know, right turn here and, and into the Demon Zone and battle Whiplash, you know, one-on-one. Um, just seeing that conversation between him and Kroll, King of Demons, voiced by Alan Oppenheimer, was just uh, – it's just like I th- you appreciate, I think, so much more as an adult. Because you know, as a kid, I just want to see Whiplash working with with Skeletor. Like, Crawl didn't have the same impact on me as a kid as, as he does as an adult. So to see mm-hmm. these two working together, not really, you know, like he's my boss because like, he's still working for Skeletor. But it's just, it was just such a cool way of introducing Whiplash to me um, in that episode. It's just, it's just a great strat. If you love Stratos, it's a great Stratos episode, and it's just. Um, it's a very solid episode by David Wise, and uh, um, that's another episode I feel like, like so many, doesn't get enough recognition. So that's my recommendation this week. All right. It's a good one. Everybody pop that in. Get it on your DVDs if you got it. Pop that sucker in, or I'm sure you can catch that on YouTube. So either way, you can catch that episode. And, well, as for me, I just want to remind everybody, except Tyler, that this Wednesday, issue three of the He-Man Thundercats comic comes out. So be sure to go go to your local comic store and get that or uh, however else if you want to download it. And Remind buy it. me to buy, buy a bag of paint chips, you know. Okay, you get those. You be ready when we uh, review this, or actually when I do, or if I can find somebody to join me while you watch in the background. But I, w- I wonder who it is that would, that could possibly, you know, be a, a real good buster. You know, I don't know. Maybe somebody that's a geek that likes eating cereal. I have no clue. But um, we're, we're gonna have somebody that's gonna maybe like, someone who's just a, a, a simple guy named James. We have no idea. Maybe, but we're hoping to find somebody that. Uh, at a completely out of the field, could come in <laughs> and decide to sit down and have a nice kind of dateline style interview about something that I I, I want to uh, put on a radiation suit before I, I get relish any, any relish work. that Tyler. You just like I said, you can relish hearing us talk, and it'll be fun. And we'll go into some other topics, but yeah. Just get ready for that one coming up. And that's going to be an, an early episode. It'll be this Thursday we do it because the holidays are coming up. So we're not going to be able to do it this uh, the following Sunday or weekend. So we're going to do an early episode. So our next episode is going to be coming up this Thursday. So the day after that fantastic comic comes out that Tyler loves. So, so you'll have some, some fans of Power Love to listen to as the holidays steadily approach um, this coming weekend there. So that will we're not going to do the whole traditional. We're going to discuss the Christmas special and christmas memories thing it's like you know what we've done it we've, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna we've done it so we're gonna have a another fun crossover 
of bringing in a very familiar face within the community to our show. It's exactly. just, uh, I think that that's, that, that's a, a, a great um, prime time uh, idea for, for heading into Christmas is having a, another crossover, so to speak. Exactly. At least that's kind of how I like to think of it because I waited <laughs> a long time to talk to this particular guy here. Yeah, it'll be fun. It'll definitely be fun. So, and as always, go to popculturenetwork.com, go to fansofpower.com, go to hemanworld.com, and on Facebook, go to the Masters of the Universe He Man and Shira Ultimate Fan Group. It's all great people, all great pages. And with that being said, have a powerful day. It's like drinking a uh, drinking Drano. Sure, it'll clean you out, but it'll leave you hollow inside. <laughs>